Good day, everybody. This is Scott, your host of To The Smoke with my co-host out of the UK, Tom. Good afternoon, Tom. How are you? Afternoon, everyone. I wish wish we were talking about playoff runs and what we're going to do in the playoffs, but unfortunately, here we are again. Um, The season's not even over, but we've been eliminated from the playoffs. So with that being said, I kind of want to talk about some highlights of the season, what we have left to play for. And just kind of get your thoughts, Tom, on roster changes, um, because I think it's inevitable. I think they're coming, and we could probably go position by position, but I think I have a handful of players that we could probably talk about, and obviously you may have some too. So here we are. The highlights were we came out out of a bad middle of the season where we couldn't even find the back of the net. We couldn't finish anything. We come out, we shock San Antonio, we beat Louisville, then we have a, a result in with Detroit, and then it's like, okay, we're starting to see some light at the end of this tunnel, but unfortunately, they go out to California, and something about the West Coast and Indy 11 just doesn't work, obviously. Every time we've been to the West Coast, it's not been a favorable outcome. Um, good news for the Indy 11 is unfortunately the men's soccer team is losing their head coach, but they're getting a heck of a VP of marketing at the Indy 11 at, at the front office. And I couldn't be happier for Brad and his family and, and for him to get that position. That's going to be a, a great thing for the, for the team, for the front office. And I think for the, for the game of soccer in general, um, your thoughts, Tom? Yeah, uh, good move for Brad. Um, gets him away from coaching. I'm sure it was a hard decision because uh, I know how much he likes coaching at the university. So I think it was a it was obviously a tough decision for him, maybe. But um, yeah, the the club itself gains another great person in the front office. Yeah, great for Indy Eleven. Bad for my son who kept wanting to go to DePaul. And was connected to Brad, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> we've, but we've got plenty of time to figure that one out. But I, yeah, I, I, I think that was a no-brainer for the team to do that, and for for the outfit to do that. Um, you know, I, I saw Artiaga the other day working back into into game form. It was good to see him. He should be back Sunday, based on what he was telling me. But then we have three players out for international duty. Um, I will say this much. It was very refreshing this year to see Hack play at his natural position of midfielder. That was a nice change. And I think he was a lot more comfortable with it. Yeah. um, Obviously, fingers crossed um, he sticks around again for next season. But if he does, (laughs) if he does, then, yeah, I think going forward, his position uh, needs to stay as as it has been the last two games. Um, obviously, he's, he's uh, chipped in with a couple of goals uh, from the corner kicks in the previous game. So, no, a- absolutely, yeah. And then the the back to back almost mirror images of the two goals we he had with his headers were just absolutely insane. But he, yeah, it's nice that what. So I kind of look at it this way. I, I think, I think we need to go find a keeper. 
Tim is a great keeper, nothing against him, but there was really the beginning of the season. We didn't have a keeper and it was a very fluid situation. There was no long-term signing or there was no person that we could definitively say he's going to be our number one. We're going to ride him to the end of the season. Um, and we haven't had that for a while. If you think about it, um, yeah, you know, I think, we, I think the, I think the plan was for uh, Panico to be number one, but obviously he was only on loan. So I think, yeah, recalled, I think the plan was to have Bobby to be well, our number yeah, one possibly, until he retired. Yeah. But that situation presented itself. And, you know, obviously it's one of those situations that did present itself the way it did. And you've got to take it while you can, which he did. And I don't blame him for that. And that kind of put us in. Yeah. We had Elliot, but he was on loan. So we know that's not a long-term answer. Um, so it, it's kind of left us in a, in a goalkeeping lurch, so to speak. Yeah, I think, I think we'll definitely look at the, the goalkeeping position again in the summer. It's, they say we've only got two, two keepers on our books, really. And one of those is, again, another loan, uh, Lewis. Right. I'm assuming we'll be going back. So if that's the case, then we'd, we'd need to look at that situation again. Yep. So we look at the keeper position. We'll see what's out there. Um, now we start looking at our bats, you know, our, our defense. Um, is Carl coming back? I should don't be, think be, so. I don't think he's coming well, back. Yeah. No. The way the way he worded uh, the farewell and stuff, um, and I, I I messaged him. I think it was over um, over Instagram at the time, and yeah, it, it didn't sound like to me in those messages that he was coming back. So I would imagine he either stays at Detroit or goes elsewhere. Okay, so let's look. Let's look at our current back situation. Um, Jesus Vasquez, huge, huge impact. I, I like when he came to play because it was kind of like that moment when he came at freed up hack to move to midfield. And he's been a very solid defender. I think stay your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that was when, when they made that move uh, mid season, it was definitely with one eye on next season. So I think, yeah, definitely. He'll yep. still be here. Uh, Robbie Dembret, He'll stay. Yeah, definitely. He's been amazing, I think. Alex McQueen, solid. Um, um yeah, I'm not I'm not sure what'll what what'll happen with uh, with Alex, but we'll see. Um, I think that's a question question mark over that one. I think there's a question mark on AJ too. Yeah. Um and I will um, say yeah. there's probably a question mark on Jerome. He's had moments of solid play, but then he's had moments of what are you doing? Uh yeah. So I think there's a question mark there. Uh Jared. I think Tamer, if I had to go, go if yeah, I go, had go to ahead. go either if I had to go either way on Jerome, I would possibly say he'll stay just because I know he's a Mark Lowry guy. Gotcha. That's the only reason I would I would say stay. He would probably stay. Yeah. Timmer, solid performance this year. I think he's that kind of player that Mark could put him anywhere and he'd adapt and play fine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, so I, I, I would say a, a definitely a keep. Let's go back to let's look at our forwards. I mean, 
we could talk about Revelio and a couple of the other guys, but I don't think they've even made an impact this year. So um, let's take a look at our forwards. Um, Rivera, 32. He's a young kid. I don't think if he stays, it'll probably just be just a who knows. Tejada. I think we've got to keep him. I think, um, again, I think he's a Mark Lowry type player. So when he I made the, he, when we made ahead. the move, yeah, when we made the move, I think, um, again, that was with one eye on next season. So I'd be surprised if Tejada doesn't stay and stay permanently. Yeah, he's one of those, um, you know, he's not always going to go out like Pino and start, you know, try to get the goal, get the goal. But man, he's a scrapper. He is always around the ball, always causing some chaos up front and trying to push the ball up. So, yeah, definitely, um, I think, a keep without without a question. We got Rodney Michael, Luca Lachino. Um, let's go to Pino. Stefan Pino, stay. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, he's had a yeah. really good season. <laughs> he's had an incredibly good season. Eris Briggs, kind of, uh, what do we do? Uh, you know, he's been hurt. Uh, yeah, then I mean, got, yeah, he, he 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 kind of forged the reputation at the beginning of the season as the super sub. He come off the bench, the bench, yes. he he grab a goal, um, and then yeah, it's just been disappointing the rest of the way because he's not been fit. So I honestly, don't know. Have to put a question mark over that one, I think. And then we look at Manu coming back. Um, I think. You put him and Pino up top together. That's that can be pretty dangerous. I'm sorry. Um, as long as he can stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Artyog is one of my favorites. So <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have to say uh, I hope he stays. But again, I, uh, obviously, I, it's hard to tell. And then, um, but when you going back to Briggs, he was like, yeah, when he would come in, he would make instant impact. It was yeah. almost like. Whether whether he put him up top, wherever he put him at the play, but it was almost like just his presence on the pitch kind of lifted everybody's intensity. So if he comes back healthy, I think yeah, I think he would probably stick around. Um, not too sure on the shaved head idea with him, but we'll see. Um, so, um, and then you look at um, uh, Solomon. Yeah, you think it's um, a, you think it's another year with him, or do you think it's kind of take it or leave it? I, I that's a tough one. I, yeah, it is. Um, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't done too badly. Um, he's I think, he's one of, I think it was yeah. it was it was, high, it was high expectations when he signed, and I don't think he's quite hit that those expectations. But he hasn't necessarily failed either, so. Yeah. I don't know. What um, I found interesting is when we went to play Pittsburgh, the coach of Pittsburgh said, I've never played against Solomon, but I have to account for him, which, yeah, which kind of speaks volumes about his reputation in the USL that you just can't blow him off as it has been. So I think that's important from a perspective of, yeah, everybody thought he was going to come in and start putting the ball in the back of the net. I think, um, I, I think there's a little bit too, maybe too high of an expectation. Hey, we're getting the MVP. He should come in and just start go scoring goals immediately. 
but I think from a opposing team view, you have to account for him with at least one player. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how that all plays out. And then um, Justin Ingram, uh, you know, personally, I think the guy's awesome. I think without a doubt, he stays. I think he's one of Mark's guys, his intensity of play and his ability to play wherever Mark puts him. Um, I think has shown this year. Yeah. He's got quite a few. I think he's probably got probably the second most minutes. I think playing minutes, he's played just about every game that he's, you know, he's been able to play in and, and he hasn't really shown um, any major mistakes that I, that I've seen any, any major meltdowns. No, I think, yeah, he, he's been, he's been very good in the games that he's played. Um, he's obviously a local, local to the area. So yeah, I think um, definitely another keeper. What about uh, Aguilera? Serviceable yeah, off the I, bench? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's had a good season again. Um, scored a few goals. Yep. And yeah, just, just because of the Mark Lowry connection, another one right. that Mark Lowry's previously previously managed, I think. Um, I think he'll stick around. Gotcha. Sam Brown, stay. Yeah, um, I, think pretty I mean, solid. I thought I, I thought at the start of the season, especially in the game against the first game uh, against Louisville, I thought he was excellent in that game. And yeah, he's he's been as you say, he's been dependable ever since. So yep. he's another one I would definitely keep. And then Jonas got his gig. Um, Ayose, are we seeing his last season? Uh, that's I mean, I mean <laughs> yeah or does he go one more I suppose it's up to him isn't it I suppose it's up to him I, I don't know what I would assume I don't know at this point in his career yeah, I would assume at this point it's, yeah it's his decision to stay or, or retire yeah Hack obviously if somebody doesn't come knocking I obviously he is uh, he's definitely a difference maker on this team and then you got Rebellion, which is a Mark Lowry guy. I think he's safe to stay. Diego Sanchez and the other ones, eh, whatever, you know. So, um, so yeah, I think, I don't, I don't forget we've got we've got um, is it Alan Alan Torres? Yep. Mark Lowry really likes his future, so sent him on loan to forward Madison, and he's been having a great season by all accounts. So there's a good chance he will be fighting for a midfield place next, next year. So, so the, the Mark Lowry experiment. Okay. So he's got one year now, one season under his belt. What, what are, what, what are the realistic expectations next year? Realistically playoffs. <laughs> so we just re- yeah, so I was going to say, should we just rewind back and say playoffs again? Because at the start of the season, we thought the playoffs was a shoe-in this year. Uh, it's just turned out to be another up-and-down up and down season. So, But yeah, I mean, yeah, again, next year, um, he's already got a, a good call, I would say, of the squad that he likes. So if you can add to that, 
uh, improve it, then I can't see why we can't make the playoffs next season. Touch wood. Fingers crossed. I think, and this is going to be very goalkeeper dad of me, but until we get that position solidified, we're going to be keep. We're going to do this every year. I, I yeah. I'm a I'm a firm believer, and people can argue with me to the cows come home, and that's fine. But I am a firm believer that you create a great soccer club based on the goalkeeper. He is the foundation of your club. If you don't have consistent keeper slash defensive play, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, you you definitely they're definitely right in the fact that it's been a revolving door, really. Um, not, maybe it's not so much lately because um, Trilk's kind of had the had the spot and he's kind of he's earned it, so he's kept it. But a, a large part of the season, it has been a revolving door in that position, uh, whether it be injuries or or loan recalls, whatever. So yeah, I think next season we definitely need to solidify that and make someone the genuine number one. Yeah, somebody that can come in and you know, yeah, exactly, take that number one, hold it, barring any injury. Also, we need to talk about uh, Coach Hankinson's passing, what he meant to this team, um, what he kind of meant to the USL in general. He was, he was our our coach that took us to the championship. Yeah, um, and he touched a lot of lives of in the eleven staff, in the eleven players, um, and just the general soccer, you know, soccer community here in the states and in, in in general. Um, so it was Thursday. It was last evening that he did pass away, from what I understand. Yeah, I see. I seen it on Twitter. I think it was this afternoon. Um, yeah, I see. I seen it on Twitter. Um, I mean, it's before my before I really started following Indy Eleven, but I mean, I know the history of it, um, and and the and his time at Indy Eleven. So yeah, yeah so, he coached Montego Bay, Colorado Rapids, Tampa Bay Mutiny, Syracuse University, Indy Eleven. He's touched a lot. Senate. He did the color for San Antonio FC. Um, so yeah, he's he's kind of like had soccer in his blood yeah literally all of me all of my uh in the 11 uk the the timeline is literally full of um mentions of of coach at this time yeah from from a a raft of different people from from trey uh all the way to uh to eamon zayed uh he's he put a post up there yeah because so Amen, yeah, Amen, and and you figure Owen, Amen, all those guys, yeah. So, um, I I kind of chuckled the other day, and I think I was on your timeline on Twitter <laughs> when I saw your Colts thing, <laughs> and I'm like, poor Tom, he can't pick a winning team out of the Indiana to save his life. Poor guy, <laughs> I felt sorry for you because I'm like. Indy 11, okay, let us down again. Pacers haven't done anything in years, and now the poor guy's a Colts fan. Tom, have you ever thought about just leaving the whole Indianapolis scene and trying somewhere else? Just, just somewhere. 
I know what you're saying, but I don't. I don't think I could now. Uh. I'm too attached. I'm too attached. I'm looking forward to a, a, a double a double dip on Sunday because you've got the Colts game and the Indy Lions game. Yeah, so the a Colts game at six o'clock my time, <laughs> and that that'll finish about nine ish, nine o'clock, and then the Indy Eleven game will be ten o'clock my time. So yeah, I'm looking forward to Sunday. I'm actually looking forward to Sunday. Have a few beverages, correct? And just hang yes, on and go yeah. for the ride. Um, so I have been so intrigued by watching Welcome to Wrexham. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it it is. Have you have? Do you guys get to see it over there? Yeah, it's on. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, through through that. So I've, I'm up to date. I think I caught up uh, a couple of days ago. I caught up, so I'm up to date. So you caught the last episode when they came to visit Wrexham? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that episode last night, I was cracking. That was a good episode. Um, and somebody, somebody said uh, on Wrexham's Facebook page or something said, hey, I looked at the standings. I'm sorry for cheating. And I guess they, they jumped ahead to see what was going on. So I, I haven't yet. So um, interesting, very interesting show. It's almost like Ted Lasso-esque to a point. Um, but I think, you know, the whole the whole thing of these two guys know nothing about soccer and have invested how many millions of dollars do you think into this club? Um, I think it's quite interesting. And, and the fact that they call him Deadpool and not Ryan. Yeah. Is something else. Uh, but it's a feel-good story. I, I, I do enjoy my episodes of Welcome to Rex and it's, it's getting wildly entertaining until of course Ted Lasso comes and then all bets are off on at that point. Um how are your Newcastle boys doing? Um not too bad. Um a bit frustrating start of the season really too many draws. Um we've only been we've only got one defeat but um yeah a lot of draws and we should be really be have won those games. So you think you're frustrated I'm a Liverpool fan. <laughs> so not without our own issues to say the least. And then I was watching some, um, some posts coming across today. UN's mess, the men's national team, Japan just took it to them. Right. So, you know, it's sock. What did Ryan Reynolds say? Soccer is one of those sports that you can laugh. You can cry. You can get mad. You can be sad and be happy all within the span of 90 minutes. Yeah, that's and, true. And it is so true. And it's such a game of micro inches and angles and timing. It's it's an incredibly crazy game once you really start to understand the nuances of it. Um, and, and just, you know, even here with the Indy 11, some of the stuff, goals that were we knew were goals, but the refs never saw, just craziness. And it's just one of those games that is so unforgiving to the casual fan and even people. And, and I think what's so unique about soccer, whether it's at, whether it's at a club level, a local level, or even at a premier league level, the fans are so invested in the team. It's almost like it's family. Yeah. I mean, you see, you see, you've seen that um, throughout COVID when they were playing games behind closed doors. Right. Um, it just wasn't the same watching it on TV because there's, there's there's no crowd, so 
it just wasn't the same. It was like watching a like a, a friendly game. If, yeah, it just no. wasn't the same. So yeah, the fans definitely make the sport. I think. I I, I be, yeah, and, and for those of you that are listening who don't kind of understand what we're talking about. Indy 11 is a community team. They're in Indianapolis. They're very accessible, very easy to talk to. They interact with the fans. They understand the fans are what keeps them going. And then you, you take a look at a TV show like Welcome to Wrexham. And that's even more of the UK, English, Wales, Scotland, soccer culture, where communities rally around the team and it would be nothing as a good example. It would be nothing for Greenwood, Indiana and Speedway, Indiana to both have professional soccer teams that play on a weekly basis and have these two communities so ingrained with their soccer clubs that it becomes an instant rivalry. And we don't see that in the U S with our sports clubs, because usually those rivalries are separated by hundreds of not thousands of miles where in, in soccer in european soccer we're talking you know derbies that are 15 minutes apart or you can walk from one stadium to the other and these yeah. are humongous teams well-financed teams where it, it is so interesting to watch that soccer culture and once you understand it you start to embrace it um we have that in the usl we don't have it as much in the mls because we go back into that separation of teams by hundreds of miles where the USL, the proximity, you've got Detroit, Indy, and Louisville, all within basically a six to eight hour drive of each other, which is nothing. Um, you know, it's an hour and a half south, almost two hours to Louisville, and we can go up and be in Detroit in less than six. So it's road trip. And then if you go to Pittsburgh, that's drivable. If you go to, you know, things like that, those things are very drivable and very easy to get to. So that's why I really enjoy this community of soccer. And I call it a community because we all want to, we all want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. I honestly believe that. And we hurt when the team loses, we celebrate when the team wins. And it almost becomes like a family type affair. Um, and I can only imagine what it's like in the UK, Tom, in England. It's got to be it's got to be insanely crazy as close as your clubs are to each other. Yeah, I mean, our yeah, our local uh, local rival, if you like, is uh, Sunderland. But obviously, they they're in the division below the Premier League. So we haven't had uh, haven't had derby games for a while. But um, yeah, it's crazy when that when we do get them. Very yeah, very interesting. But yeah, so how how close is the closest club to you, or the two um, closest what, clubs? As in, like to Newcastle, you mean? Like no, like not a Premier League. Let's say like a National or a Champions or even a level one club. Um. So it would be the town of which I live in at the minute. The, the literally, I could walk to the gra- to the ground um, within ten minutes. I would say. Wow! Nice. And then, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, and then the the next closest would be South Shields, which um, which I do some of their 
their social media stuff for right. the, that that is literally probably about a ten minute drive. Okay. So, so yeah, basically, there's, there's a few minutes. local. There's a yeah. There's a few lo- local professional clubs. Gotcha. In the around my area. And that's interesting because you've got one in Indianapolis, one in Cincinnati, one in Columbus, one in Louisville, one in Detroit. So it's just, yeah, it's the American soccer culture, obviously, is so far behind the European culture. But I think we're making a lot of inroads and making a lot of progress to get there. Um, So next year, obviously, we'd love to see the playoffs. Lowry's here. Um, Definitely need some solidification at at some key points. But I think you see moments of brightness with this team and you see moments of brilliance where it was almost like against San Antonio, somebody turned a switch on and bang, everybody just kind of got what Mark has been trying to do. That high-paced, high-intensity soccer. Um, I don't know if I said it last time, but Justin was telling me after the game, he went on late in the game as a sub and he was not prepared for the speed that they were playing at. He goes, it was the craziest thing he's ever witnessed. He wished he had had more time to warm up. So, and then they carried that into Louisville, but you can only carry that speed and intensity for so long, obviously, before it catches up to you. Um, so what do you think about Sunday's game? Thoughts? Um, yeah, I'd love to return the favor. Obviously, Loudon was the, First game of the season, wasn't it? I think. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was the one that we thought we, we were walking and mailing in and be done yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I would I would love to return the favor and, and beat them on Sunday. Yeah. I think for the rest of the season in general, um just to whilst win the out. playoffs is, is, is out of reach. Um, I'd love to just fin- let's just aim for eighth, eighth place, which is currently occupied by Tulsa. Yeah. Um it's still it's still it's still available to, to get eighth. That's just finished as high as possible. Yeah, I think the boys would want that. It would be a nice finish to the season to finish out eighth, win the season out, at least get you know, getting that eighth spot on the table, regroup, rebuild for next season, then fire it up. Um just a little teaser. Brad will be coming on the show beginning of October, so we'll get that scheduled. Um, that'll be a fun time. I think we're going to do a bread and then we'll do a rake straw one. Yeah. Matter of fact, we should probably have them on together is probably what we need to do. Yeah, that would be good. Because the last time they were separate, we had them both separately. Yeah, we'll have them on together. I'll make that happen. We'll make that coordination happen. But definitely, Tom, it was a pleasure speaking with you. We'll get this published out tomorrow. Anything you want to say to our fans in Indy, whether it be football or football? Um, let's just hope for a double win on Sunday <laughs> for, for my sake, if nobody else's. Anybody's listening, please say a prayer for Tom Sunday that both of the indie teams win. He needs it. He would definitely be appreciated of it. Appreciative of it. Well, Tom, as always, it's been a great time speaking with you. Time goes by so fast when we talk. Um, we'll see what happens Sunday. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I sounded really good in these headphones. 